Welcome, church family. It's uh, good to be here today. Um, well, David kind of put the pressure on me now. Now that you know my agenda to uh, serve and be an elder here. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, now the pressure's on, David. But hey, God's, uh, God's good. Amen? Um, how many of you guys had a good church or Christmas yesterday? Everybody had a good church, good family time? Um, we did. Um, just wanted to share with you a thought that I had. Um, do you guys remember your favorite Christmas gift growing up? Um, I was thinking about mine, and as Pastor Dave was preaching last week about the, what do you call those binoculars or the thing, the eye thing? Virtual reality. Whatever that is. I was thinking about my, my first Christmas gift was a, uh, and I might be outdating myself, was an Atari. Anybody remember Ataris? That was the coolest gift as a kid. Even though it had one little joystick and one red button, it was the coolest thing. I, I played on that for hours. That was the best gift uh, ever um, as a kid growing up. And, um, and the other thing I was thinking about, um, Legos. Anybody play with Legos at all? Aren't those the coolest gifts? Even as adults, I, I still enjoy them. I got a couple of of a Lego set yesterday, and um, I was kind of unpacking them and going through them, and um, I was thinking, man, they've come a long way with Legos. Um, and just the fact that the older I get, um, they have directions, they have individual packages, um, and for an adult that's getting older, it, it really helps me um, put all this together, and it was just kind of a cool little thing, so... Anyway, I hope everybody else had a, a, a good Christmas yesterday. Um, today we're going to be looking at God's Word um, in Exodus, um, Exodus chapter 34. Um, we will be reading um, four verses. So if you have your Bibles, um, today you're going to have to open your Bibles because I don't have any PowerPoints. So yeah, if you have your Bibles, open them up, Exodus 34. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, three verses, but before we get to them, I want us to be thinking about um, jealousy. Has anybody ever struggled with being jealous, envy? Anybody struggle with that at all? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, is um, jealousy and how we view jealousy versus how does God view jealousy, and they're different. Because how we view jealousy is um, we desire to have something of somebody else's, or we desire or we are frustrated when so-and-so has something I don't have. Uh, it's petty. It, it's, uh, you, you know, the envy feeling. You just really want something. And you're jealous of that, and you start complaining and getting frustrated, and that's how we view jealousy in, in the human thinking. But God views it a little differently. God views jealousy in the fact that, that He is perfect. God demands faithfulness and exclusive worship. God's jealousy is, is perfect for us. So they're different. God's jealousy is, is right. God's jealousy is perfect. And we're going to look in, in Exodus here, chapter 34, if you have your Bibles open. 
We're going to start reading in verse 12. Um, verse 12 of Exodus 34. It says, Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images. For you shall worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. So the first thing is, a little background here, is that Moses is getting the Ten Commandments. The Israelites are, are leading, are, 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 Moses is leading them, gathering them together, and preparing them to go into the Promised Land. And so as they're meeting at, at Mount Sinai, God is up on the mountain meeting with Moses and giving them the Ten Commandments and kind of preparing them to uh, go into the land and take the land that God has already said, I will conquer them for you. All you have to do is just go in. All you have to do is just go in, take the land that I promised, promised you. And so they're on their way and, and they're gathering at the mountain and... Uh, God is talking with Moses. They have the Ten Commandments. And God makes a covenant with them. In verse 10. Before all your people, I will do marvelous, such as have never been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among you, among whom you are, shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do that. Verse 11, observe what I command you this day. Behold, I am driving out before you the people of the land. And so the first thing is that God is preparing a place for his people to go. And all they have to do is go in and take it. God has promised that. And as, as we look into that... The children of Israel have been under the influence and control of Pharaoh. So they don't know any different. They don't know this, what they're getting into. But they have been under the influence and control of Pharaoh. And his control has led them to bondage and slavery. And God is trying to show them that, you know what? I'm jealous for you. I am choosing you as a people. And I am preparing a place for you to go. God's jealousy is that he wants them to take these Ten Commandments and if you follow and obey these things, you know what, you're going to live, you're going to have prosperous things in the land I'm giving you. They didn't understand that. Because they were so used to be under, in bondage and slavery under the rule of Pharaoh, they didn't understand what does that mean? What does that look like? And so God is trying to show them. And if you look at the Ten Commandments, what do the first Ten Commandments talk about? What do the first ten, what do the first five commandments talk about? Our relationship with who? God. What do the second set of commandments talk about? Our relationship with each other, right? And sometimes we get them reversed, don't we? 
I'll have to admit, sometimes I try to work on my relationships with people before I do with God. That doesn't work out so well. Because God is jealous for me. God wants to help me focus on Him and my relationship with Him before I can fix my issues with other people or work on those relationships with people that I work with. Right? We sometimes get those confused. And God was trying to set the standard here and saying, you know what? You guys focus on me. I'm going to take care of all this stuff. But you got to go into the land. And we're going to get into that here in a little bit. Because God wanted his children to have a reverence or fear for God so that they may not sin. And what does sin do? Sin separates us from our relationship with God, doesn't it? That he was trying to teach them that, you know what? I want you to fear me. I want you to have an awe of me because I am perfect. I am holy. I have the best intention for you. You are my children. You are my special possession. I want you to understand what that looks like. Because God, God has not saved us from our sins so that we can live for ourselves again. He has saved us for himself. Let me say that again. God has not saved us from our sins or from ourselves again so that we can, he has saved us for himself. That's the reason why we celebrate Christmas. The birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus in looking into Easter. That's why he died on the cross. Not just to save us from our sins, but to save him for himself. Because if we look in Revelation chapter 21, what is the church? What is the the believers? What is the people that have professed Jesus as their Lord and Savior? What are we, the bride? (laughs) That's what God has saved us for. We're his church. We're his, we're his people. Those that have professed Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's what he's saving us for. In Revelation, the marriage feast. That is what we're, that's what we're saved for. Not just so that we can continue to live for ourselves. But God has a much bigger plan and purpose for our lives. That's why he saved us. For marriage. The church, Jesus, the bride, the groom. That's why we're saved. Not so that we can continue to live in the sin, but to be free from the sin, to be free from the bondage of sin, and to walk with Jesus in a new way. And so as, 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 as Moses is telling them, you know what? The first thing in verse 12, it says, Take heed to yourself. Take heed, watch, be aware of what's going on. Watch where you are going. Pastor David and Pastor Matt have been preaching through, um, through Ephesians. And, 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 you know, in there he's talking about, you know what, the enemy, he's crafty. He's crafty. He wants to kill and destroy and lie to us as believers. Here it's saying, watch out for those lies. 
Watch out so you don't get deceived. Watch out so you don't fall into the trap. So take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. And in a covenant, what do you think of when, when you hear the word covenant? God made a covenant. Those of you that are married, I have a marriage covenant I had to, to sign. And my wife sign. And pastor sign. It's a covenant. Do you know what's in that covenant? Those of you that are married, you know what's in that covenant? That I joyfully receive you as God's perfect gift to me, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for right, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love you, to honor you, to cherish you, and to protect you. Forsaking all others as long as we both shall live. That's the kind of covenant that God makes with you when you accept his son Jesus. He made a way. But sometimes we allow sin and idols and and things to creep in. And we try to mesh them together, don't we? And God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous for you. I, I don't want to share you with anybody. Just as when I sign this, I don't share my wife with anybody. And she doesn't share anybody else with her. We made a covenant. And let's be honest, it's easy during the um, honeymoon stage, isn't it? Getting to know each other the first couple years. You know everything's good. And then life happens. Kids happen. And health reasons happen. Money happens. There's a lot of things that go into that. And yet God's saying, you know what? For better or for worse, Ryan. In sickness and in health. But do you know that's how God views you? And the covenant that you made with him when you accepted Jesus. Because I tell you, some days I mess it up bad with not only God, but with my wife too. (laughs) But she still loves me. God still loves me. He forgives me. And so as, as, don't make a covenant. Beware of where you're going. Take heed. Going into the land where you are going. And and I, I think about, We all have a a place of influence, don't we? Whether it's in our family, our marriages, our kids, our jobs, fairway, wherever it is, we have a place where we go and people are watching. And the thing that God's kind of been putting on my heart is that we have two choices. We are either influenced or we're being influenced. Let me say that again. We are either influencing people or they are influencing us. There's no middle ground. And God is saying, you know what? When you go into that land or when you go into that area where, where God has put you, beware. 
Take heed. Be a light. Follow me. Make sure that my make sure that my make sure your relationship with God is, is, is right so that you can begin to influencing people. I uh I work at Godfather's Pizza making pizzas part-time and um, been there for a couple of years. And I, uh, when I first started, I was a little nervous <laughs> um, being kind of the parent, the older one there, the older adult. Technology and, and the difference in generational gap. There was a lot of in, things that I thought about. God, why... Do I want to go work here at Pizza? Why do I want to go to Godfather's and work? I don't understand technology. How am I going to relate to these kids? What are we going to talk about? And so I, I struggled through the first year and um, got a little better, got easier. And um, when I was asked to, to uh, share today, um, God kind of started showing me some things that, um, Ryan, I just want you to go and I want you to do your best to serve those young kids and help them to be successful. I want you to be a light for them. And once I stopped wrestling with God about it and started, okay, God, I'm going to go in, I'm going to wash dishes tonight. Make their job easier. Once I submitted to that, God started to open up doors for me to talk about Jesus and to pray with a couple of people. And you know what? As long as God's, as long as I'm going to be able to go and share Jesus with those, I'll keep washing, washing dishes. And I don't say that to say I'm something special because I'm not. I say that because God was telling me, Ryan, there's an idol over here. I want you to not think that because you're old, you can't relate to people. And so once I took down that altar and once I let God do his thing, you know what? He began to open up doors. And that's what he wants for you too. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have people around you that you influence every day or could. People that you interact with. But is your relationship right with God first? Because at the end of verse 12, he says, Lest it be a snare in your midst. And again, he's talking about sin. He's talking about, be aware. Watch. Take heed. Where you are going. Don't let those people influence you. You influence them. For me. For God's glory. You be that light. And then we get into verse 13. And it says, But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images. For you shall worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. 
And this is going to be my technology here, okay? Blank piece of paper, everybody see it? Okay? That's all I got. Uh, Jesus, it says. Everybody see it? It says Jesus. But here's what we do. Those of us who have have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, guess what we try to do? We try to take our money and possessions. We're selfish. We have fears. We have pride that creeps in. And the one that I struggle with is comparison. I don't know how many of you struggle with that one, but but I do. I like to compare myself to other people. And guess what? That affects my relationship with God. Because what I'm basically saying is, God, because I don't have what he has or she has, I'm I'm not loved by you. I'm not worthy. I don't measure up, God. Why would you want me to go and wash dishes at Godfather's? What does that verse say? What has God done? God has made a covenant with the people and he has said, you go, I've made a way, I've defeated those people. All you got to do is go in, take heed, watch what you're doing. And then he says, you know what, when you go in, don't just... I I wrestle with fear. But guess what? It's not covering up Jesus. I, I, I can have them both. Or the pride that I have fell off the board. It's okay. Or money. Or self. No, he says... That's what you do with it. He says, you destroy it. He says, you take care of it. Because guess what? These things are going to creep back in there. Unless I destroy it and tear it up. Because one thing I have noticed is, if you don't feed your sin, it dies eventually. You understand that? If, if you don't feed the desire for me to compare myself with others, guess what? Eventually it's going to die. And that's what God wants. He wants it dead. He doesn't want you to worry about that anymore because he is jealous for you. And he has a plan and purpose for you. Yes, that's hard to do. But God is saying, I am jealous for you. 
I have a promise and purpose for you in your life. I'm taking you into a land so that you can influence people. But when you get into that land, be aware. And as you enter that land, there's going to be things that God's going to show you that you need to just tear up and get rid of. Let it die. Because God has so much more for you. God has so much more for me. Because we are the bride of Christ. We are the church. We are his chosen people through the blood as as they were singing. Just as I am, we come. That's how God accepts us. And as we close... There's some good news. We are entering into a new year. And with a new year comes, I don't like the word new new resolutions, New Year's resolutions, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) But it's an opportunity to make changes or to think about life or to think about whatever that you want to change. And you are at the right place. Because God accepts you just as you are. You don't need to make any changes. Praise the Lord. (laughs) He accepted me just as I am. A mess and all. But when we accept that gift, God and His grace and mercy comes into our lives and He begins to as 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know what? We are a new creation, praise the Lord. The old has gone. The old has died. God is saying, you know what? You walk in the new creation that he's made you to be. That's who we are. If you are a follower of Jesus. There are plenty of opportunities for you to grow in your faith here at Blessed Hope. Small groups to get involved in, ministries to get plugged into, opportunities for you to grow in your faith, to grow in sharing the love of Jesus. But again, if you're fearful or you're afraid, tear it up. Get right with God. Or if you're like me sometimes, sometimes I I have things that I I, I feel are, are good, and I just keep stacking them and stacking them, and don't get rid of anything. Well, that don't work very well either. And for me, that I something that I've been thinking about is. Um, What can I do to help my relationship with Christ in the new year? And one thing is um, watching the news. (laughs) Unfortunately, I watch the news and it gets the best of me sometimes. (laughs) It frustrates me sometimes. 
And that affects my relationship with God because I just want God to say, take care of these people. They're dumb. <laughs> anyway, see how God loves me. Uh, uh, praise for his grace and mercy. Uh, but one thing in the new year is uh, I'm going to make a choice to, for 30 minutes, instead of watching the news, read the Bible. Guess what? God wants me to do that. But he's not going to, um, what? I don't think he's going to destroy the news people at all or anything. Um, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I have to make a choice, see? I have to say, God, I, I'm, I'm committing to you what you've already promised that you want me to do, I'm going to spend time with you in prayer instead of watching the news. So there's plenty of opportunities. And this David talked, Pastor David talked about earlier is Tuesday, January 4th. If you're a member, if you're not a member, come check out the meeting. Because in that meeting, they will talk about ministries. They will talk about places to get involved. They will talk about where you can get plugged in. Small groups to grow in your faith. Because one thing that I do know is God wants us to be in prayer and God wants us to read our Bible more. But I'm telling you, if you are not accountable to somebody, it's not going to happen. Because I've tried it. <laughs> it's not going to happen unless you are accountable. And that's what the small groups are for. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He is jealous for you. And He wants to do things through you that only He can do. But are you willing to are you willing to make those choices and say, God, I've made the choice to follow him. And have you made the choice? And I'm going to close us in prayer. And when I'm done praying, if, if, if people want to talk or Come up and share or tear those things up that you want to get rid of. Feel free to come up and get right with God. That's your opportunity. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we have... Oh, we're just so thankful for your word. and Lord, that your word is, is truth that we can go to. And even though when it's sometimes hard to, to see the truth in it, Lord, you are so jealous for us. And I just keep thinking of the words, just as I am, Lord, we come and you accept us and you desire to work in us and through us. Lord, maybe despite our fears or circumstances or feelings, 
Lord, you have a desire to grow us. Because, Lord, as followers of you, Lord, we are your, we are, we are your church. We're the body. We're, we're the bride that, that you are saving yourself for, Lord, someday. And what a glorious day that will be. To be gathered in your presence, seated at the banquet. Lord, may we just examine our hearts that, Lord, we remove those idols or remove that sin that we know, Lord, is affecting our relationship with you. That we can deal with it, we can tear it up, we can kill it. Help us, Lord, not to feed it, but to change it and to be involved in prayer studying your word, and being accountable. Lord, we love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory today. As we move forward into the new year, would you help us? Help us remove those things that we need to remove. Because Lord, I confess, sometimes we have good intentions on changing. Lord, let them not just be good intentions, but let them just be filled with Just a desire to say, yes, Lord, help me. Help me understand your truth. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said?